Thanks for checking out the Crossing College and Career podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you and challenges you to walk confidently in your identity in Christ. We've all bought into a lie at one point to where we expect everything to be perfect. And that's just not the case. And the Bible, Jesus, they don't promise that. So I don't, it's, it's from the enemy. It's from whatever's going on up here or in here that's been twisted. And we have to fix that. And so when John says we have overcome, he's talking about what Christ has given us legally. In, the, in heaven, we legally have the right to be overcomers. But what you have legally doesn't mean that's what your present experience is. Can you guys agree with that? It's, it's kind of like, so Pastor Cole and I, who was just up here, obviously, when we first started, um, when I first got hired here at the church, we decided to join a gym down the road. And we go to the gym, and I, I've never really been, like, a huge workout guy. Like, I played basketball in high school, and I didn't work out since then, to be honest with you. But Cole is, like, just corn-fed, country, jacked all the time. We'll work out for six months and then, like, then lift 300 pounds. I don't get it. But he's like, let's hit this gym every show. I'm like, dude, let's get it. So what we're going to do, I'm going to go like six days a week. We have two options, really. We can go like six, five, six days a week, work out two a days, eat healthy, raw chicken breast, whatever I got to do. I don't care, man. Or we could take some steroids and get this stuff happening quicker. But since we both looked at each other and said we're pastors now, they probably would frown upon that. So we didn't go that route. But what we did was we joined this gym and when we went in, we saw all these pictures of, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, all these jack dudes. And we're like, we're going to be exactly like that in, like, six months. It's going to be easy. And needless to say, I don't look like Arnold right now. But the point of me saying that is I have the legal status. I have the legal right to be that. So I paid for the membership. I got my, they take your picture so you can check in. You get access to free training. You get access to all these things. I have the access to what I want, but I'm not utilizing it. Does that make sense to you guys? It's the same thing with your faith. So if you're a Christian and you believe in Christ and Christ is living in here, but you feel defeated, that doesn't mean you're not, not an overcoming Christian. You have the legal right and the legal status to be an overcomer in Christ, but your present experience is not that. So just because you don't experience it doesn't mean you don't have the right. Does that sound fair? Do you guys, are you guys tracking? Are you with me? So the goal for me really is for us to recognize how to make our legal status our experienced reality in Christ. Do you guys want that? Does anybody here want that? So whatever is illegitimate, whatever sin or circumstance in your life, God wants to overrule it and not have it rule over you is the point. So he wants us to experience overcoming. I don't think God wants to hand it to us on a silver platter. I think he wants to allow us to be a part of and participate in heaven coming down to earth. He never said he was going to give it to us. We are supposed to be active participants in what he wants to do here. And if you really want to be an overcomer, what I think you have to do, the first thing I want to point out is you looking at Jesus in a completely different light. And what I mean by that is the Jesus that John talks about in Revelation 1. 
So right before I talked about in Revelation 2 and 3, those seven churches he addressed, Jesus appears to John. So pull up Revelation 1, verses 12 through 18. This is how Jesus appears to John. So John says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. I want to pause. What I want you guys to do, if you can with me, visually picture this in your mind right now. Make it real to you. Because I promise you if you do, it will change your life. The way you look at Jesus and the way you view your circumstances and your problems. Make this real to you. Don't make it me sitting up here preaching and talking to you. Make it real for you. Okay? So make this real in your mind. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. His hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. I promise you, if you see Jesus like that, which I still haven't, but I pray now that I do, you cannot handle it. John said he fell down like he was dead, just prostrate, not able to get up, not able to look at him. Then Jesus places his right hand on John. He says, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. This is not Jesus in a manger. This is not Jesus as a kid. This is not the feel-good, long-haired, taken care of, groomed Jesus who's doing miracles, the loving. He is all those things. I'm not downplaying that whatsoever. God, God is love. Like, I get that. But you, this is the resurrected, already sitting at the right hand of God, Jesus. Who has his enemies as a footstool under his feet. Can you imagine eyes like fire, like the sun? Like we've all looked at the sun when we were younger or sometimes now. You can't look at it. Picture that. That's the God you serve. Someone who you literally can't look at it because he's so majestic and glorious and holy Beyond comprehension, beyond comprehension and measure, like we can't describe it. If you're thinking of Jesus in another way, you're missing out. You're one-sided because there's something else to him. And that's, I'm talking like the overcoming Jesus. That's the victorious Jesus. That's the one who has already defeated the enemy. The one who talks about us being overcomers because he has already overcome You can't tell me if you look at Jesus like that that your problems are going to be as big as you think they are. You can't. The enemy, he has done such a great job at twisting the lie that Jesus is just some guy who died on the cross a couple thousand years ago who's kind of powerful, but we don't really get the true essence of who he is. 
And we haven't related to him in the way that he desires for us to draw near to him and recognize him as our comforter, our peace. He's everything that we need. And somehow we've been deceived into thinking that we can't relate to him or we can only relate to him in the way he can solve our certain problem at that certain time. There's so many different facets to how amazing he is, but the enemy wants you to look at things one-sided. Look at Jesus with the eyes of fire, the voice of thunder, of rushing water. Stop giving so much credit to your problem and your circumstance and everything that's going on around you. It's like if you look, I feel like I'm referencing the gym a lot, but I'm going to do it again. (laughs) Think about like those weightlifters, someone who can literally lift a thousand, some of these guys who are professionals lift a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred pounds. If you give that guy a 300-pound weight, he's going to lift it like it's nothing. Now, in here, that's probably difficult for most of us to do. Probably, I don't know if anybody can, except for Cole. But think about that. That's going to be nothing to him. You can't tell me that Jesus, who was prophesied about thousands of years ago, who came and fulfilled every single prophecy, was nailed to the cross, shed his blood for every single sin, past, present, future, everything you'll ever do, For everyone you know, everyone who will be, you can't tell me that your problem is bigger than that and he can't solve it. I'm not downplaying what you're going through because I've been there too and I may not have been through the things that you've been through. But your problems, they're not bigger than the God you serve. They're not. So don't be deceived in thinking that he can't handle it, man. Please don't let the enemy keep lying to you saying you're defeated and there's no way around this. You have already overcome. You legally have the right to be an overcomer in Christ because he has already overcame. You just have to live it out. So where do we find this power of overcoming? We look at Jesus through the different lens, but I want to point out three things that I believe we can do practically and live out a scripture in Revelation 12, 11, that will provide us with the power to overcome. So in Revelation 12, 11, it says, they triumphed over him, over the enemy. How did they do it? By the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. There's three things there. And I promise you that this verse will shift how you relate to Jesus. You won't start relating to him whenever you need something in a certain way and you want him to be that Jesus for that day. It'll, if you live your life like this, it'll shift your complete mindset and how you handle every circumstance and problem. And you will recognize that you're already an overcomer, already. So the first one, we start with the blood. The blood on the cross, like I said, the enemy's done such a great job at treating this as some historical event. It's relevant to you today. And it may sound weird if you don't hear people talk about the blood of the cross, but it is relevant today. What happened 2,000 years ago is relevant to me and to you right now. It answers every single accusation that the enemy could ever throw at you because If he throws an accusation at you, all God sees is Jesus' blood covering you. 
That's all God sees, and there's nothing the enemy can do about it. Did you know that all blood shed for Christ, or for God? So martyrs, anyone who's died, Jesus himself, they all have a testimony. They have a voice. And Jesus' blood is the most powerful of all, because as he's sitting there on the cross, and he's saying, Father, forgive them, they don't know, for they don't know what they do. That's redemption. That's what that is. It's the most powerful thing on the earth and in heaven is the blood of Jesus. And if you claim that towards every problem, every circumstance, everything that's going on in your life, nothing can overrule you. You will overcome every single problem you, that faces you, I promise you. It is so powerful, guys. And we should be on our knees every day thanking him for his blood. Because it's the only thing that purifies and washes us to let us sit righteously in front of God. Because without it, we're nothing. And the enemy knows that. And he knows if you get your head wrapped around claiming the blood of Jesus over every single thing. And that's what I want you to do. Literally say, I apply the blood of Jesus to this situation, whatever it is. It'll cleanse it. You've overcome, man, I promise you. So that's the first thing he talks about here. The second thing is the word of their testimony. I honestly don't see how it's possible to overcome something without being vocal about your faith. I don't think God wants somebody who's scared to even say the name of Jesus around people who don't believe in him. The Bible tells us that if we deny him here on earth, he's going to deny us in front of his father in heaven. So stand up now. I know that may seem like abrasive, but it's real. It's scripture says, don't be ashamed of me now, and don't come to God saying, why am I still broken? Why is everything going wrong in my life when you can't even share what he's already done in your life with other people because the anxiety or the fear of what they'll think about you, the pleasing of man gets to you too much. I'm not saying God won't move, but I, I wouldn't blame him for not moving in a situation if you're ashamed of him. The word of your testimony is so powerful, and that's what we're here is to make disciples. For us to literally go through experiences and see how great God is, he reveals his love and everything about him to us, and he wants us to go say, hey, do you want some of this? It should be literally bursting out of us. Whenever you're squeezed, if you say you're full of Jesus, Jesus should come out. The word of your testimony is powerful, and God wants you to use it. And the third and last thing is they didn't love their life even when they were faced with death. So we can go from the tiny circumstance that you're dealing with now, the medium circumstance, the big circumstance, and then all the way to my life is on the line. It doesn't matter where you fall in there. Jesus is still number one. I know probably most of us haven't been to the point of death, but there are Christians who do get to that point because of their faith. And Christ is saying, don't love your own life so much. Let it go. That's exactly what salvation is, is saying, God, I'm done with me, and all I want is you. 
if anybody wants to be a follower of Christ, the first thing you have to do is to deny yourself. Paul said he used to die daily. For him to live is Christ and to die is gain. That takes a mindset shift, especially for us in America. To die is gain. Let go of your wants and your desires that aren't from God. Because he places specific desires in us that he wants to fulfill and make come to life. But so often we get our agenda and we push that on God. And we say, why aren't you working? It's because he didn't call you to run that race that you want to run. He called you over here. So those three things, the blood of Jesus, the word of their testimony, and just dying to yourself. I believe once you implement those into your life and you can make them who you are, you'll truly start to experience the reality of what being an overcomer in Christ means. All of that, though, looking at Jesus the way I described him. Now, there's other times, like I said, where he is the loving father that we need, but if you look at him as that victorious, rushing waters of his voice, a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth, face like the sun, man, I, prob- <laughs> I promise you your problems, they're gonna, they're gonna be smaller, and you're gonna recognize him for being the ultimate provider and the ultimate father who can take care of anything. But like I said, you have to focus on him. You can't put your focus anywhere else but on Jesus. And it's, it's kind of like when you work out, let's say, and you go to the gym, more times, more more times than not, what do you do? Or if you're running or whatever you do, what do you, what do, you do while you're working out so you don't concentrate on the pain and the sweat? Listen to music, right? You put headphones in. Now, does you putting those headphones in make the sweat, the aches, the pain, the tears, sometimes maybe, does that make that go away? No, what does it do? It takes your focus off of what you're going through. You still want to get that result. You want to get that healthy body, that six-pack, whatever you want to get. You want to get there. It doesn't mean it's not happening. Your focus is just on the music. It's on something else. And it's the same exact thing when we are going through whatever we're going through in our life. When we focus our eyes on Jesus, what we can do is say, God, I know that the addiction is still there. I still feel it. I know that certain circumstances in my life is still there. I know the sleepless nights are still there. I know the repetitive sin I'm going through is still there, God. But what I'm going to do is run this race and focus my life on you. I'm going to focus my eyes. I'm going to have tunnel vision towards you. So even though all these things that are happening around me right now, and some of them are trials, tribulations, some of them are victories, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Focus your eyes on Jesus He's still going to work. The hardships are going to be there, but blessing is going to come through that. And when your focus is on him, you're not worried about what's going on around you. It's the same exact premise. This message is not to change your circumstance, guys. It's to change your perspective. 
to change how you look at Jesus and see him as the overcomer that he already is. And once you do, I promise that'll start to manifest in your life. You'll start to see literal physical results from it. So I want to end like this by reading Revelation 21.7. It says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. The race isn't over, guys. We still have to overcome. But when you shift your mindset, you look at Jesus through a different lens, you apply the blood of Jesus, the word of your testimony, and you lose your life. When you do those things daily and they become who you are to the point where you don't even have to think about doing them, just subconsciously, that's what comes out of you, that's when you experience victory. That's when you recognize that you are truly an overcomer in Christ. So I want everyone to bow their heads. And I want us all to pray this prayer together. I want everyone to repeat after me. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to overcome this world in every respect. Regardless of what the enemy tries to do, Jesus has overcome it, which means we have overcome it. I will not lose heart or be discouraged any longer. I will lift my head, throw back my shoulders, and rejoice because Jesus has overcome the world and deprived the enemy of power over me. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus. His power is mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with your head bowed and eyes still closed, if you've never made that decision to completely surrender to Christ and to recognize him as Lord of your life, I still want all of us to repeat this prayer. Say, Father, I surrender. I no longer live for myself, and I choose to live for you. Wash me clean of my sins. I apply the blood of Jesus to my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out the Crossing Church Message podcast with Pastor Greg Dumas. Once again, thank you so much for listening.